Welcome, everybody, to, I think, episode eight of the podcast of Moscow Mules and Knop Slides. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kyle. This week, we have a special co-host because David is out gallivanting on the beach, but my special co-host is... This is Dina Schick, um, Kyle's InfoSec wife, also in the field, have to say. I was on episode three, four? Episode three, technically. And I'm really happy to be here because our guest today is one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth. So, so our, our special guest of the this week is Marissa. Marissa, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm happy to be here with my favorite InfoSec couple. <laughs> how, how long was it before you knew we were a couple? Well, I followed you on Twitter, I think, first, or you followed me on Twitter. And then, like, Dina was, like, popping up. And I was like, wow, this really hot girl is, like, also an infosec. <laughs> and I think that's how we, like, started following each other. <laughs> I'm so honored right now. Like, you know, but the last time I actually saw Marissa in real life, it was March. And we went to a fish fry together. And it was two days before everything went into quarantine and we had the best fish sandwiches and halushiki like this side of Pittsburgh. Yep. Yep. She's definitely right. And I remember saying to her, I think this is our last safe weekend before everything closes. And I was right. I mean, like everything just went, you know, for months. So shut down, shut down. I mean, <laughs> but it's glad to have you on. It's glad to see your face. Uh, I'd like, you know, at least the Pittsburgh folks, it's like great to like see each other, right? And we wish we could see each other out and, you know, we would, this actually t tomorrow would have been B-Sides, you know, Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Oh, so wow. We all would have probably got together tomorrow. I think then Saturday is B-Sides Cleveland. So who knows what would have been there. And we've talked about this on many podcasts, how it, it, and we were missing the networking of all the security conferences, things like that. But real quick, before the, you know, I, we jump into the excitement of tonight, uh, for those that are just jumping on and, you know, listen to Marissa's podcast, we, one, we thank you and hopefully you subscribe, but also what this podcast is, is really just, you know, we talk about drinks and we talk about, uh, we de delve into the life of, you know, cybersecurity professionals and what they do and what they're interested in from drinks to things they're working on, or, you know, maybe nonprofits are doing or whatever that might be. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be their day job and it doesn't have to be their night job, but whatever they might be interested in the field. So as well. So uh, we had our special guest, Marissa, but as we always like to do, we like to kick it over to Marissa. What are you sipping on this fine, fine evening? Well, I accidentally, like I went to open it. I was like waiting for you to like click record. So I'm gonna open it now. Um, I am drinking Hitchhiker Subsurface, um, the, the berry blend. So this is my first time having the berry blend. And I also ordered the tangerine, so I'm gonna go pick that up. I think it's tangerine and blackberry. I'm gonna actually go pick it up right after this. So, and so I am drinking it out of a dancing gnome glass, so representing Sharpsburg. There we go. <laughs> All local Pittsburgh. That's, I mean, that's quality. I mean, I love me some hitchhiker. I probably talked about hitchhiker before, but um, it's it's a great. I love their subsurface too. So, what's that taste like? What oh, it's get? super good. It's super berry forward. What do you feel like more what any one berry over the other no it's just really sweet like i i mean like my favorite sours are dancing gnome sours and they don't make them all year round so i have to like substitute them with the hitchhiker i'm not saying hitchhiker's bad um i really like it especially because they have a, a location near me but 
yeah, it's like um, just very sweet and very, I, maybe blackberries? I'm like smelling it now. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, you know, our other co-host, David, he's, he's nose deep in his beers when he pours them. But so I didn't even know Dancing Gnome does sours because I don't think I've ever seen any of their sours. So that's good to know that they make good sours. Yeah, so like they make a phenomenal sours. They have like a mango one. Um, I, we had one that was like sex on the beach a couple weeks ago, but they only make them in like very small like parts of the year and they're like expanding their brewery right now. They're going to be opening another um, like room. I don't know when they like bought a building. So I'm hoping when that happens, they're going to start producing more sours. So we'll see. <laughs> I, I mean, they make some really good, like, limited releases, too, that I know, like, if you don't, like, log on the split second or have your bot running, you're not going to be able to purchase it. You know? Yeah, for sure. And you're super into, like, local beer, so you know all of, like, the, the beer scene. I, I, and I got that from my friends. Like, I can't, I can't take the, that, that self-proclamation myself at all. I did, uh, our other co-host, David's huge and knows the area way better than I do, and then I have two friends that are, like, deep into it as well so i've like you know got my feelers out for all this stuff but you know there's i you know cans pgh on twitter and instagram i don't know the person that runs it uh he she they uh post all the releases for all the local stuff so those that want to catch the local pittsburgh stuff that's what i follow but oh i didn't know gris house was releasing this today and there's that new brewery well new it's only a year old they just had their year anniversary because i saw it on that twitter um was inner groove in verona they make some decent sours like i've had a few of them from there and they have a, a pretty good sours and so like we have we i mean i don't know the we can proclaim but we have really good beer in the pits greater pittsburgh area like all the way down to like washington county up to like you know cranberry and around it's we have some really good stuff as our co-host yeah. Dina shrugs her shoulders and yeah. <laughs> I believe you. Well, Dina, what are you drinking? Yeah, so, what are you drinking? <laughs> last time when I came on, I was drinking wine and today I am drinking tequila and there is an InfoSex story to this entire uh, situation that I'm in. So a friend of mine, Kat, um, got me really into tequila maybe about a year ago now. She completely uh, opened my eyes to the land of tequilas because like many of us in college, I had one bad experience drinking tequila and never wanted to drink it again. So it took yep. me 10 full years to even come around. Um, so since I've been drinking a lot of tequila, I am drinking El Mejor Rep Reposado. Did you say that right? Yeah. Okay. So. Um, and What's cool about this bottle is it actually came from another InfoSec professional. So one of my hobbies is gardening, as many of the listeners know and Marissa knows. And I grew a whole bunch of tomato and pepper plants, like just too many. They were taking over our house. So I traded some pepper plants and well I didn't really trade I was just going to give them away I, I I like got some pepper plants got some tomato plants and my friend Dylan who plans B-Sides Pittsburgh with me bought me this bottle of tequila to give to me in exchange for these peppers and tomato plants and I just thought it was the nicest thing 
Um, I was not expecting it at all because I just wanted him to have like my plant babies and to like go and go forth and have great tomatoes. Um, but that's why I am drinking El Mejor today. That's a fancy glass. What kind of glass is that? So I'm actually drinking out of a beer glass that my husband recently, recently procured. So it is an eight bit Ghostbusters glass, but it's a Hopbusters glass made by Save the Beer Whales, Whales with a Z. I know that our listeners can't see it, but I'm going to show Marissa nonetheless because I think it's super cute. It's um, adorable. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> One of my most recent uh, acquisitions of beer glasses, and I, I thank our uh, other co-host and David for you know, here you talk to all of this, I couldn't be outdone in all the glasses. This one just arrived the other day, so I'm happy to share it with our special co-hosts today. So Kyle, what are you drinking? What am I drinking? So I always like, there's a really good, um, as I unwrap tin foil, I always put tin foil around my beer cans because it keeps it cooler because I'm always like the last to go and I don't want it to get warm and we don't know how long we're going to chit chat along the way. But um, so I always like to do a beer run at this local like I mentioned last week, right down the road, uh, Salute Beer Distributor, and they have like a little section of nice IPA. So I spent like 15 minutes on Untapped, like looking up every good IPA that they had on the shelf. That I was like, I don't know what this one is. What's you know the rest of the community rank it? So this one's called from uh, Evergreen Brewing Company called Green Iguana. It's a double IPA, has some really great ratings, uh, pretty high in the ABV. But I thought it was kind of cool tonight because there's another little backstory to it. Uh, and I, I actually told Dina before we started, I was like, I don't know if you know this backstory. Yeah. She's like, no, I didn't know this. But as a kid, as we all have pets as kids, I had along the way, I had an iguana and a turtle and another lizard along the way. What was and the iguana's name? And the iguana's name, as it, it was called Mariah. Like Mariah and, Carey? I don't know. We were kids, so maybe. Maybe it was because of Mariah Carey, but and your number one smash album in the nineties that 90s. had five hit singles. So it must have been pretty ironic because that's when we had Mariah the Iguana. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure what this is going to be like. I'm drinking out of uh, so I actually, unlike the Hot Buster glass I purchased from like the vendor itself, this glass I'm drinking out of is from the Answer, which is a brewery down in Richmond uh, that they do a lot of their releases. So this is another eight bit glass as well called Double Dragon. It's an old NAS game where you had two brothers um, who were fighting the bad guys in martial arts type of world type of way. And I was like, this is a great glass considering that I do martial arts and I like it. So I will say Richmond is another great beer town. And I had the opportunity to present at RVA SEC, which is a local Richmond, Virginia conference held um, by a friend of mine named Jake Coons. Um, highly, highly recommend for those of you that are in the Richmond area or like the Nova area to go check out. So I actually asked David this type of glass. So Marissa, you can see it's kind of shaped a little yeah. funny. And I was like, what's this glass called? Cause like we're doing this podcast this week and I actually don't know what this glass, cause like, you know, there's other ones that I didn't even know until he started telling me what they were called, right? This is, you know, obviously this is a tumbler, right? The mm -hmm. hot monster one. This is called a Spiegel. It's a German type style glass. And it's specifically made for IPAs because it's narrow in the bottom and wide at top. It keeps all that flavor up so you can taste it the entire time you're drinking. I had no idea about this again until like 12 hours or like 24 hours ago. That's <laughs> great. And you said it's from the answer. Yeah, it's from the answer brewery down. And so I bought it off. So uh, I got into all these groups 
like on Facebook because that's where you can get these type of stuff like you know second market for the beer glasses so people buy two three of them or sell their original collection and I saw uh, someone selling this glass and it's like we're selling a you know fleet of glasses I was like I want that glass and you play this negotiation game and things like that and there's all like this code language on these Facebook groups because you can't actually sell things on Facebook groups which I had no idea again because I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. <laughs> So yeah. like, there's like code words for like different things, like you, you know. You to learn how to deal glasses yeah, on the like, internet. <laughs> so like I, as I've spoken before, like I have, I love shoes, and I, you know, buy shoes from small businesses all you know down in Miami and from you know the you know the vendors themselves. But like, there's a business for aftermarket shoes. The gla beer glass aftermarket is insane. I know. Like, like wheeling and dealing and scheming and like i don't think they're scheming but like wheeling and dealing and like you know like trying to figure out what's what but um do you have a lot of glasses marissa or just no. your ones from I would, yeah i would like love to say that i know anything about beer but my boyfriend is huge into beer he's like nice. good friends with the people that own gnome which is why i'm like we're there like almost every weekend nice. um, Listen, their location's great in Sharpsburg. i'm glad yeah. they're, i'm glad to hear that they're expanding though too yeah, I mean, like, their beer's so good, but, like, I just tried an an the answer, like, I just tried their beer for the first time last weekend, I think, um, and, like, literally everything I know is from him, and we're actually going to Asheville next month, like, COVID <gasps> permitting, to, um, yeah, <laughs> you've yeah. been there? We need, we need to talk about this, that was the last, wait, I think I, when we went to go get fish, I think I just came home from Asheville, um, oh. so we'll have to talk, burial, you have to go. That's literally why we're going. And uh, Brahmari is amazing too. Highly, highly, highly. We can talk offline. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Asheville is one of my favorite places like in the United States. I love it. And he, we're literally going because it has like the most beer per capita of like any U.S. city or like breweries per capita. Um, so that's why we're going. And anyway, and like knowing him, he'll like hand me a glass. I'll be like wasted. And he'll hand me a glass and it'll be like a permanent hangover glass. He'll be like, don't drop that. That's $70. And I'm like, why would you give this to me when I'm wasted? Give me a plastic cup. <laughs> That's the thing because that, that glass probably costs like $25, $30. It like doubles in aftermarket. Like we're talking about a piece of glass. Like I'm yeah. sure I paid a little more for this glass than I should have. But like, I was like, holy cow. And it's, yeah, apparently it's like at least two to three times aftermarket. Some of these like rare glass. I'm like, they're not even rare. They're still like drinkable. People use them and stuff. But like, but like you'll never maybe see it again. And permit hangover is one of the big ones. Like, and the answer yeah. glasses too. Cause like, this is a brewery that does it. Usually it might be like a offshoot of something that does it. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, so I know you work for a nonprofit. So like, why don't you tell us about that? Cause I know we were supposed to go to your like big celebration right before COVID shut it down. And like, I know I was excited about it. I had this old, this beautiful outfit planned. Okay. Like the most perfect black jumpsuit. And unfortunately the pandemic hit. So tell us about your nonprofit. We want to hear all about it. Well, please save the outfit because we will have our launch party whenever it you know we feel safe and, and we're able to um we actually have just gone through a name change it's i mean we're still women in tech pittsburgh but the women is spelled like with an x now to be more inclusive so it represents more of like the you know the queer women transgender gender non-binary gender fluid folks um that may identify as a woman 
Um, so we're trying to definitely like be more inclusive of that. And what we're doing is trying to like level the playing field in tech um, for women. But I mean, in, in our current social and political climate, we're, we're actually kind of changing gears and focusing on um, people of color, um, black women specifically right now. Um, and we're trying to like really target things like um, barrier of entries, like really important, um, you know, what is preventing black women? Everybody's like, oh, like why aren't women in tech? Well, there might be less opportunity for women to enter tech. You know, they might not have the technology. They might not have access to the classes. They might, you know, um, get pregnant earlier and not be able to like do that. So we're trying to identify that specifically in our community and help that. And we're also trying to broaden like the knowledge of, of technology. You know, we're not just going to concentrate on like people in IT and like how we can help the women that are already there. Like, you know, we're trying to have normal people be able to understand like technology and how it affects them. Definitely concentrating on like a privacy perspective and like a security perspective. Because at the end of the day, you know, when my mom logs into the internet, like she doesn't know what artificial intelligence is. She doesn't know why cookies follow her, you know? So those are just some examples of the things that we're doing. Unfortunately, our launch party was canceled. It was definitely gonna be great. Not your run of the mill, like, oh, you know, let's go uh, sit in a thing and look at slides. We were gonna have DJs. We were gonna have like a happy hour. Like it was gonna be crazy, but unfortunately that, um, you know, got canceled, but. Postponed. Yeah, yeah postponed. postponed. I mean, I, we all hope that we can get out and I know we're able to get out and do stuff now, but like, I mean, I, I was really like, as someone who was used to be very extrovert, I'm very introvert these days, but I was actually looking forward to it, which you can ask. Oh. Yeah. So I think that the mission of your organization is just so important, especially in Pittsburgh, because you have so many universities that are trying to curate the next generation for like those of us in tech. So um, my question is, we've talked a little bit about like barriers to entry. Are you noticing more barriers when it comes to like traditional academia that you guys are focusing on or like where is your focus? So in Pittsburgh, we see a lot of the like disparity, not only for women, but for people of color. I mean, like it's, we, it's hard to identify exactly why at this point because there hasn't been like a lot of studies. I know that Pitt has been doing a lot of studies. We have some research over the last couple years, but you know, everybody's like, oh, like women are not joining tech because they, you know, they're just not interested. And that's just, that's just not the case. Yeah. That's you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, so as we kind of get into the community more, I think I'd be able to answer that that question more um, yeah. and hopefully that's that's the kind of things that we're going to be asking we're going to be I know right now we have like um, a women feature um, we're going to start that back up again but we're also going to have one um, for people of color um, for um, non-binary folk like and talk about what's holding you back like yeah. you know or if you did do this how 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 can other people do it like what inspired you so like, please look forward to that as well. And we're going to be able to answer those kinds of questions from real people in our, in our cities. I really love that. And I think 
those experiences are best told from the people um, that have experienced them, right? I don't, I never want to tell somebody like what their experience is. I will tell you though, like just the fact that your organization is creating those connections with people of color and those that might not fit like perfectly within whatever spectrum, right? That there's a community out there for them that they are um, welcome in and then to get, just get to be able to meet other people too, I think is just so important, especially in Pittsburgh when it does feel very small, but um, your organization is providing that, um, like that anchor, I think for all of us. Yeah, and I- I was gonna say, well, no, go ahead. Like, I mean, 90% of it is being put in front of the right people and that's what privilege is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Having those opportunities, I, I always say, my mom worked at the software engineering, she worked at the software engineering institute at Carnegie Mellon, and her seeing what they do there is what influenced me to get into tech, and her introducing me is what really jump-started my career, and that is me looking at my privilege and understanding it, and, you know, really wanting to create those kind of opportunities for women in Pittsburgh. Well, I mean, it's great that, I mean, I this is great to get the message out there and, and, and as you know the host of this you know uh, podcast I'm great to have you on and, and get that message out there and like and, you know please extend this offer to anybody else like you know th this I'm not getting paid to do this and, you know this podcast this is for the community to really speak out and for us to sit down and have a drink when we're not like you know obviously COVID introduced us to being more zoom oriented in the world but I wanted this to be in person too, you know, in my original thought two and a half years ago was to have a rent out of space. So, you know, I want the community as a whole and, and you know, the people that you have involved in, in you know, the women in tech and all those that include that, you know, with the new you know, spelling of that. I want those people to be able to use our podcast as well to get their message out there or just at least get themselves out there, right? Use this as a platform, right? Like, and I'm not sure I'm, you know, the right platform, but at least I can at least help you. And like, we all have networks and it's all valuable on the networks that we have to expand upon, right? I think within the last, um, at least the last couple of weeks, I really hope that um, those within our community are taking a look at their privilege in the same way that you shared your story. I've, I've been trying to take a lot of self-reflection too, and, I can only hope that our community becomes um, more inclusive and just more open than it has been because it had, I mean, InfoSec isn't the easiest thing to break into um, in general. So if we can change it from the inside out, even if in our little bubble of Pittsburgh, I think, you know, we're, we're at least pushing and driving towards the right, the right things to do. And that's what our generation really needs to do, because I can tell you that the older generation may not be pushing in the same direction that we want to go. Yeah. And if we want to be more progressive, we have to do it ourselves. We can't expect anybody else. There's nothing wrong with that either, right? Like yeah. So I noticed, at least on Twitter, and you mentioned it as well, you guys are very interested in privacy. And I think that's one of the big topics on everybody's mind too. Um, maybe just from being isolated, but I think it's given us the opportunity to kind of examine what privacy means for us. So 
Um, what have you guys been doing in terms of understanding privacy and like, what are you guys thinking about everything that's going on? Well, I think that Allison, our president is kind of the main spearhead in this and she is also in cybersecurity and so am I. I think that our, our kind of a group are very um, security and privacy oriented. A lot of us are like that. Um, what Allison is really great at is informing people of what's going on right now. So um, I know that SESA FOSTA was huge like last year. Um, and there's, a, there's another one um, I, I wish I could recall um, today that they're gonna just going through um, uh, did you do you know this Dina I forget what it's called I was reading about it earlier um, anyway as far as like privacy and security go I think it's pretty so this is called earn it the bill that's going through and I can't speak directly I don't I don't have the the knowledge to speak directly on this but I the trend is a lot of the time bills and things pass under the guise of something else mm -hmm. and in that it gives people or it gives the government more opportunity to spy on you, to, you know, arrest people based on things like that. Um, so what our president is really good at is informing people and a call to action. She tells you what it is. She tells you, you know, what you can do to help. Um, so alerting people on how their privacy could possibly be breached by like the government and things like that. And then what you can do, what you can do to help. So I think that's one thing that, that our nonprofit does. I know that in the future, we would really like to have other people understand how some of their privacy in like their everyday life may be affected um, and how to like protect yourself and things like that. Sometimes I think that cybersecurity professionals go way too far on it. Like they're like, oh, like I bring a burner phone to hacker summer camp and I'm like, uh, is that really helping you? <laughs> so making it consumable and really stuff, like stuff like that, I think is one of our, our, our goals as well. I mean, I think that a, a perfect example, and I've had that before. And I remember sitting across at uh, two B-Sides Las Vegas ago. So 20, was last night? 2019, 2018 B-Sides Las Vegas, waiting in line to get in to get a ticket for a badge. And hearing someone that was there for the first time or a couple that was there for the first time and another couple next to them like really blowing things out of proportion right and and i felt bad that you know looking back and like, i don't regret things you can't change the past but like not saying something being like no 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 like that's their approach to privacy and that's okay if they're very extreme in their approach to privacy but there's also a happy medium in there like you don't have to have six phones when you go to defcon right like you don't mm -hmm. need that right it's just you know taking the things that you know do things appropriately turn off your you know radio frequencies at, at minimum right if someone wants to intercept your phone calls you know they'll do that right those stingrays exist those things that law enforcement use they exist if someone wants to build one themselves i'm sure they can right you know mm -hmm. at the end of the day if someone really wants your stuff there's going to be a find a way but we need to find a happy medium to explain to people like you were saying the like the, the, at least, you know, increase and balance the level of playing field, their privacy that they understand it a little better. And I think that's great that you all are doing that. Do you guys offer workshops or things like that? And that, you know, explains my ignorance of not knowing everything you do. And that's the benefit of having you on to kind of explain a little more. And if not, like, that's a great way. And like, I'll 
happy to we can all put together workshops and like that you know i'll, I'll volunteer my time to help help as, as you know as needed yeah and that would be great um i think it's hard for us to talk about like really what's going on right now because everything that we had planned we have to move right we were going to have hot. exactly we were going to have something on like election security and like you know, we were going to have a little girl come and speak. By little girl, I mean, like, she was, like, 12 or 13 when she, like, yeah. spoke in front of Congress on how she hacked into, like, the, the election machines. So, like, just stuff like that on, like, ed your day-to-day, -day, like, life and, like, educating you on, on stuff like that. That's our plan. But, unfortunately, it, a lot of it is on pause. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's interesting to talk about from from a information security perspective, you know, I think within the last couple of weeks, like a lot of things got put into perspective for me, good or bad, right? And one of those things is as information security professionals, like we talk about if you do the basics, you know, if you're doing general cyber hygiene, then you're probably okay, right? And within the last couple of weeks, I was like, how many people actually know what that means outside of the information security community? And I think the answer is like very low, like not a whole lot. And I think the same thing goes for privacy too. So mm -hmm. the fact that you, you all are calling out the minimum things that you should look out for and what the implications are just so important because I think sometimes, at least for me, showing my vulnerability, I assume sometimes that everybody knows what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the basics. But mm -hmm. I don't think that's true. And I think having organizations come out and say, X, Y, Z thing is bad and here is how you can protect yourself is just so important. Well, you're the OSINT queen. So, um, I, and I, I, this is something that I'm really passionate about and I, I'm, I'm hoping that I can turn this into something that I do with a nonprofit, but like teaching people every day that, that hygiene that, you know, like don't yeah. put your address on Facebook or your phone number, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever doxed yourselves before, but it's crazy. And I'm sorry, I'm saying docs. I'm assuming that everybody uh, that's listening is a cybersecurity professional, but if you're not, using the open network to find everything you can about yourself on the internet. Um, I, if you've ever done that and you're like, oh my God, I have so much stuff that I'm putting on that. I'm breaching my own privacy. Like I'm compromising myself. Like I would like to enable people to be able to do something like that or like at least at a minimum teach them. Like, and I know, and because I'm a traveling consultant, can I tell you guys a sad story? Yeah. Stories are always good. <laughs> I have seen women at the airport meeting men that never come and they like send them money. <laughs> and they're like sitting there with flowers and they like, they're like online dating and they're like, I met this guy and he's like, great. And I'm like, I sent him a thousand dollars and like, I'm waiting for him and he never comes. Mm -hmm. So like teaching women how to be smart about that would be perfect. <laughs> I think teaching everybody to be smart about that too. I mean, there's an entire industry of people taking advantage of other people, you know, their ignorance, right? And if there's a way for us to like curtail that in any way, that's so sad. I mean, I, know. I, I think, I think people need to even take that with online dating. I think even that knowledge of that, like understanding what that means to be online dating and that things that people post like you 
you need to take it for a grain of salt. Like just because you see someone on all the dating things, that doesn't mean they took that picture within the last month, right? Like, and you know, there's, you know, there's catfishing fully and there's pseudo catfishing. Like this is not you now, this is you six years ago. That, and to me, that's still some type of catfishing of some sort, right? Like, you know, faking who you actually are, but like, and did not show up at the airport. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just insane. <laughs> Makes I mean, me so sad. You know, I people... saw it once, so I've only ever seen it once, but I hear stories about it from other consultants all the time. I mean, so, you, you travel enough. You, uh, that's just the fact that you only see that you've seen it once is still one more yeah. time than I've seen it, right? You know, or at least yeah. thought about seeing it, right? So. Well, I think that there's certainly a market there, so to speak, you know, just to help people understand that when you sign up for certain accounts if they're free it usually means that they're selling your data mm -hmm. right nothing is free in this world ever uh, and i think a lot of a lot of people get think that everything is all like rainbows and butterflies when in fact you know you're giving up some of your privacy without even knowing it nobody's going to read through a eula you know, like I had to in grad school and that was six years ago and that was like the last time. <laughs> I mean, I, I, even the joke about it, like I'm pretty sure we're probably going like, you know, six to 10 years, but like I'm pretty sure there was an Apple EULA for a new iOS update that came out. And like about halfway through the guy started talking about that wrote it, the gentleman that wrote it, started talking about people in his office, not in a bad way, but like, you know, Jim likes to have six cups of coffee. Because nobody's day. reading and, it. And Nancy loves, you know, you know, teddy bears. Because no one reads it. So he put this stuff in there and then someone actually read it and found it. And I'm pretty sure posted it to Twitter. Obviously, fact check Kyle segment here, right? But like, you know, <laughs> I, those things like that exist, right? And I think just, you know, offering people this the bare minimum, like even that I've, and I pseudo do this, but I, and you know, other people probably do it more drastically. Do you, you have a personal email, that you email all your friends and contacts with then you have another email that you do all your online shopping with and, it, and from there you can even see who's selling what right if you pay attention enough you're like how did i get an ad for that that means like i'm not gonna put any vendor on blast because i don't want to do that but x vendor sold my data to y vendor and all of a sudden they're getting you know those type of emails you're like how did that happen right and like those that have just one email address like i had a buddy who i trained with who you know, is in, he's, he's a former Air Force mechanic and does, you know, mechanical helicopters now. He hit me up about like, hey, I got 20,000 emails in my email folder. Like, what happened? And I'm like, well, let's step back a little bit to try to understand what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. So I think agreeing like with you is that just giving people the baseline privacy would be great, you know, from everybody just to understand that aspect, you know. My like least favorite invasion of privacy that has ever happened to me but funniest like i said i'm in airports all the time so i had two things happen one i was at the uber pickup and then my airdrop was on and somebody sent me a nude on my iphone through airdrop oh no second i was sitting on the plane didn't learn my lesson the first time sitting on the plane somebody sent me a photo of a flight attendant pointing and it says you're not in airplane mode I just want to say that nobody wants an unexpected nude. I am nobody. sorry, women, other people that, you know, like non-binary, I, I speak for hopefully all of us that like 
perhaps getting a nude randomly isn't the best way, isn't the best approach. <laughs> no, and everybody got it. Everybody that had their airdrop turned on, we were all sitting at the Uber pickup. We all started looking at each other and we're like, are you serious? Are you serious right now? And that's, and I didn't even learn my lesson at that point. I just kept my airdrop on. So like, <laughs> but that's another really good point though like we as information security professionals i think a lot of times people think that we're like the hackers and the black hoodies in our parents basement or whatever but we're just humans trying to strike that balance between like security and privacy and like our everyday lives so like yeah. it is what it is and any security professional that like locks themselves down 100 percent, i feel like is actually lying Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, I- there's a, there's a gentleman who does like a lot of uh, privacy stuff and I've heard his podcast. Uh, he like puts his phone in a Faraday bag, like five miles from his home. You're like, is that worth all the, I mean, maybe it is to some people it is worth it. Right. But like, there's a lot that goes into that. Right. So there's, is, there's importance of striking a balance there. And you're like, okay, Ron Swanson, like <laughs> you're really going to do that. Right. <laughs> So Marissa, let's switch gears a little bit. I'm really interested in understanding like how you got into the field. Can you can you elaborate on, I know you talked a little bit about your story, but maybe just a little bit more for our listeners. Yeah, I, I would love to start out by saying I had to Google what a NOP slide was. So, um, <sighs> you know what? I think that goes to show there are so many aspects of this field that like, <laughs> It's totally okay because just like the the one sliver of people that know what knob slides are doesn't mean that you can't have any impact otherwise. Right, and and I just thought it it was actually named that just flowed off the tongue at the time, and I just thought it worked right. So like, and I don't write. Oh, it's fine. I don't write exploits (laughs) now and all that time, right? So I don't write a lot. I don't put a lot of knob slides in, and that's yeah. As Kyle rubs his hands together, anyway. (laughs) I want to hear about you. Let's talk yeah. about um, So I would like to start off by saying what I do for a living. And I, I call myself an IT security consultant because nobody knows what the heck SAP is um, unless you're in IT or you work for a large company. So I'm an SAP security consultant. I am a senior. I work for a big four auditing and consulting firm. Um, I love the company that I work for. I'm just not going to disclose it, um, but they are my favorite. I drank the Kool-Aid a million times. Um, I always said that I was going to quit when I have kids because I travel four days a week, but you know what? I just need a husband that's going to stay home because I love my job. Yes. <laughs> yes. You can have both. You can have can. both. And you should I do can. You just do yeah. whatever you want to do is the most important thing. Yeah. So I was in high school and I was on the BattleBots team and I went into school. Yes, Dina. <laughs> what are BattleBots? BattleBots are robots that you build that fight each other. Oh, like so, that, that show that on, used like, to be Discovery on TV? Discovery or something like that? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I was on that team and I was doing a lot of like the coding side of it. Um, and I mean, like I, I did some of the, I mean, like I really didn't do any like the hardware stuff, but I just thought that was so interesting. And I was like, I'm going to build robots for a living and like help the world. And I started out in electromechanical engineering at Penn State. And I was like, nah, <laughs> this ain't for me. 
So um, with the inspiration of what my mom um, sees every day at the, at the SEI, um, sorry, the Software Engineering Institute of Carnegie Mellon, um, I was like, why don't I just like go into IT? It was something that I played video games. I have 10,000 hours in a video game called Guild Wars. And I used to try to like break it. Like, I mean, like I, they actually invited me to alpha test for Guild Wars 2. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And my 15 year old self, I loved it. It was great. And I never really was like, oh, I could like have a career out of this. So I finally, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go into IT and I killed it. I mean, like I was, I had like a high GPA. I was president of student government. Like I did all these things. Um, and I got my first internship and this is where my privilege comes in at the SEI in IT. And I made a lot of great connections. I made a lot of great friends. I don't know, Kyle, if you remember Kathy Duncan. I don't know. It might have been before Dina's time. I don't know, Kathy. She no. was the head of IT um, down there. She was a powerhouse. She was, you I know, just one of those women that unapologetic, you know, did, you know, she was strong and she inspired me. Um, and then with that, I moved, um, my major was um, IT with a minor in security risk analysis. <laughs> I started my internship at the company that I work for now. Um, I was in cybersecurity. Um, I was actually doing PCI DSS assessments and NetFlow and, and things like that, analyzing network data, understanding where the credit card data was going, going in and out. And everything was fine and wonderful. They gave me a job offer. I took it. Um, then I was in there for like a month and I did a couple small things, but as you guys, I'm sure I'm, I'm, a lot of people are aware of consulting work is it comes and goes and I wasn't being utilized. So they told me that I it was like, I needed to move or I needed to leave and SAP our SAP practice tried to take me. And I said, if I go into SAP, it's going to be in the security compliance sector. So that's how I landed where I am. I do, did not know what SAP was when I moved into it. I'd never seen it before. I think my first project was doing um, like a cyber rule set for it. And I was like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> so it was definitely like a, a huge learning curve. And now I'm like a subject matter expert in something. So it's just crazy to know that like, I've made this transition from like, literally not knowing what SAP was to like, being a subject matter expert in something. So yeah, that's like my story. And my privilege shows a lot in there. Um, you know, all these people that elevated me and things like that. I'm very fortunate to be where I am for sure. But Marissa, I think it's, you know, as a, another woman in tech, I think it's so important to talk about your journey and like where, you know, for me, I, like you were privileged. I was privileged in a certain way. And while there's still a hill, it's not as steep as some other people that we have like in our community. And we need to make sure that we're leveling that field for everybody. For sure. Yeah. And I, there's definitely been challenges being a woman, and I'm sure 
you can speak yeah. on some of that, but I mean, sexual harassment being called out in meetings, you know, I love your story about somebody not pronouncing your name right. Like, <laughs> So I will tell everybody here as a listener, my name is Dina and I will let the first time somebody mispronounces my, my name go. The second time after I correct them, uh, usually I'm called Deanna, Dinah, whatever, like it doesn't matter. Like it's a whole mess of things, right? I have corrected people and then have received an insane amount of crap about just the fact that I corrected somebody over my name. You know, if your name is like super common and like you're a man, you don't necessarily have to worry about that. But to this day, like one of the founding moments in my career was it was in a meeting and I used to work with Kyle at the Software Engineering Institute, Circ Coordination Center. And I was sitting in a meeting with a bunch of three letter agencies. And I was explaining exactly what our organization did and the impact that we've had since 9-11. And somebody on the other side of the table said to me, Dina, in 2001, wasn't that the year you were born? And from that moment on, despite the fact I was a professional in the field, everybody just quit taking me seriously. And I had to fight that battle for years until I finally left and like found a new community where I work now. So uh, like I said, there's a hill. It is not nearly like it is a easy hill compared to a steep hill for everybody. But as women, as folks that don't necessarily fit into like the perfect bucket, like it's even worse. So, and that was just my story. Well, I think that the place that you're employed at now is wonderful. And I've met your CISO on a six-seater plane. And she used to get on and talk about her daughters. We would both fly to Milwaukee every week for like, I did that for like a year. And she used to talk about her daughters. And, you know, I'd hear her talking to other people, never really mentioning like her job. Like, I never really understood. Like, it was always small talk. Oh, hey, like, how are you? Like, how was your weekend? Like, all this stuff. And then like, it was like the last day I was taking the flight. And I was like, hey, what's so nice meeting you? Like, uh, I'm Marissa, I work for this. And she goes, hey, I'm, I'm the CISO of this very large company. <laughs> and that's when I realized that like, you can be in a, a position of power and you can be a woman and you know, all this stuff and you can still have a life and you can still be a kick-ass person, yes. you know? So it's pretty crazy. So I will tell you, she is incredible. Like I look up to her in so many ways and the organization that I work in is I, I have been so proud to be working for them because over the last couple months, like we've talked about like the really hard topics and my director is a woman and she just like knows exactly what she's doing and it's inspiring to me and having other women like our CISO is I mean, having her and a whole bunch of other people at the director position and higher as women are, it's, it's amazing. I will say like, it is, uh, it is a great environment to be in. That's awesome. Kyle, do you have any women oh, okay. that you in your life? What's that? How are things do you have going? any women in your, um, in your, you know, like you know, anybody it, that you work with that inspire you? I mean, oh, I mean, there's, 
we have some powerhouse uh, people in our organization and um uh, there's uh, why don't you name a couple i mean name a couple like i mean there's i mean there's uh, there's a few of them uh in, in particular madison is one she yeah. works on the other team um we have three teams in our organization madison's one of them uh, Madison literally Madison runs was, all of it. <laughs> Madison was podcast, you know, what, you know, out the gate podcast too, right? Because like we had the pilot, and so she was our first full guest. So she's great. Uh, Emily is in there as well. She's on another team, and she's developed the whole platform. She's a hell of a programmer. It comes in into things like she should be working at a big company and doing big things. And uh, you know, those are two strong women that I work with, and you know. I will say, so being friends with Marissa, I feel like Allison and I are also friends and I am so inspired by the both of you. I mean, I, I love reading the tweets from your nonprofit women of tech Pittsburgh. And I talk to Allison regularly just about things. We talk about plants. I can't <laughs> wait to see both of you soon. Um, because both of you are so inspiring to me. I think, the organization that you work for is just so necessary and all i want to do is like proclaim it from the top of the mountains that we have in western pennsylvania because what you're doing is just so important well there's a couple things that you guys and the listeners could do to help us with our mission yes. please was, tell us that was one of that. the questions i had waiting so perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Since we're getting to like an hour here. Um, so I would like to say, and this is like a time sensitive thing. Um, so I don't know if you want to keep this in podcast or not, but hold on. Sorry. Well, the, the, the podcast will be published in a week from now. In so. a week, but the, I, I think our thing closes on 724. So I'll just start this. So. Oh, wait, you have time though, if it comes out next week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what Where, day is it? <laughs> Well, um, for people that are listening, it is, I think, like the end of June 2020. So this is more time sensitive, but we do have five opportunities for one year memberships to Treehouse Online Coding Platform. And we're going to be offering this scholarship for, um, I think it's, I don't know if it's B-I-P-O-C or it's pronounced BIPOC, um, but that's Black Indigenous People of Color. Um, and priorities going to black applicants. So that scholarship um, will be um, available to apply for until I think the end of July, 2020, maybe like July 20th through the 24th. What's that, what's that get them? For someone that um, doesn't I, understand what that, all, all that is. So I, it, they're an online way to code. I looked up like what they are. It's just like an online teaching um, on, on different um, programming languages and whatnot. That's Great. so awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to, to be a part of this and be able to give this opportunity. But for people, I mean, obviously people listening, you know, if you're that or you know people that are interested in getting into that kind of work, that's great. But if you don't know anybody, we do have other ways to, to donate. Um, I think number one, if there's a lot of people I know have old laptops that they're not using anymore. If you would like to donate that, we can take that and give it to somebody to help with their barrier of entry. You know, if, if they don't have the opportunity to get a laptop, we can take that laptop and give it back to somebody. And none of this is time sensitive. Um, I'm, I'll provide the 
our, the email to Kyle, he can put it in the, absolutely um, in the thing, uh, in the description. Um, if you would like to volunteer to be a mentor to somebody, we will take coding mentors. Um, so please reach out. Um, also donating bus passes um, for transportation for these folks so they can get to, um, you know, maybe like opportunities in Pittsburgh. Um, and also if you would like to um, sponsor um, a queer um, or a black indigenous person of color, um, that's also opportunities that we can help coordinate. So even if you are not, um, you know, you would like to just get involved and help, those are like really the main ways and we'll provide our email address so you can reach out to us for any of those opportunities. That's great. Do you get, do you all do other things besides like laptops? Do you do like donation of raspberry Pis? I know like everybody likes to be, you know, computers on the go nowadays, but you know, raspberry Pi all set up for someone and all you have to do is connect like a, a, a keyboard mouse and a TV to it. Could we give them access to the internet? I'm sure that we could take whatever we're given. We, um, we're pretty much all IT professionals. So if you hand us like a Raspberry Pi, we'll know what to do with it. We'll be able to coordinate. So really anything helps. Um, and we will make sure that they're gonna get in the hands of somebody that may not otherwise have the opportunity. You know, we're not gonna just be giving them out willy nilly to, you know, anybody, so. That's great. And so how, how can people, uh, well, what's, what's the website? Uh, you can say it and obviously I'll include in the show notes too. So you can reach out to us at hello at womenintechpittsburgh.com. Women is still currently spelled W-O-M-E-N. And I think, you know, if you're listening to this past July, 2020, we will have new emails. I will have Kyle update the email in the show notes. Um, yep. So we can make sure that we're still in contact, even once we change our emails, because um, we are, we have we have established our nonprofit status officially, so we can start using some of the, the resources that are available to us, such as having our own emails. <laughs> Congratulations! That's I'm great. so happy for Thank you. you. Thank um, you. It, you know, and it, well, I'll put whatever we need in the show notes, and I'll definitely update the show notes. It takes nothing to update that into the podcast world. It, it takes. It's an RSS feed, which I didn't even know until I started doing this like eight weeks ago. So it's all it is. So it's quickly easy to update. Um, you know, I know we had numerous topics to talk about and I know we've taken up an hour of your time, but it's, it's been great having you. But how can people reach out to you that you want them to reach out to you? If you don't want people to reach out to you, that's perfectly fine. But I know you're on the Twitterverse and maybe on the LinkedIn world or wherever else. How, how can people get a hold of you? then if, if they forget where everything else, they can reach out to you and get to Women in Tech in Pittsburgh and things like that. Yeah, so you can find us, you can find my organization, which um, I'll start with um, it, Women in Tech, Women is spelled W-O-M-E-X, Pittsburgh, um, on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my name is Marissa Russo. And you can also follow me on Twitter, but my Twitter is not cybersecurity related unless I'm talking about depression. Um, it's pretty much just shit posting. So if you want to see some shit posting, please follow me on Twitter. Follow her on Twitter. Highly recommend. <laughs> Despite what she says. <laughs> What, what's, okay. your what's your Twitter? You know what? I'll just leave that to the imagination. I was going to say, should people perform OSINT and then follow you? Yeah, maybe that's what I should <laughs> figure it out. Part of the, part You're of only the allowed to follow me 
here's your barrier of entry. You're only allowed to follow me if you, um, yeah, if, if you perform OSINT and find me, which it's almost impossible unless you know somebody that knows me because I try to stay completely anonymous on Twitter. You are actually extremely, like, I don't even know what your, like, little tagline says every time I try and reach out to you, though I know exactly what your handle is. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that about you. And I will, and I will be secretive and not include that in the show notes and let the users find you if they want to find you. Thank you. you. I appreciate it. I don't think my coworkers, all my coworkers are CPAs um, because they do a lot of like, um, you know, rule set risk and compliance things as it, as it relates to Sarbanes-Oxley. So I don't think any of them are enabled to find my Twitter, but that's a challenge. So good luck to them. I work with a whole <laughs> bunch of hackers and I'm 100% sure they and my entire management know exactly what my Twitter handle is. It's like at Dean of Sick, isn't it? Huh? It's like at Dean of Sick, isn't it? <laughs> Not that difficult. Hashtag yes. <laughs> well, it's been great having you on. And as I always like to close, and as our glasses are empty, uh, stay thirsty. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. You enjoy. Thanks.